Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now here's Michael Cargill. Good afternoon, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world and home to currently running Austin City Limits Music Festival. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right. So oftentimes we receive information from the past that retroactively changes our outlook on current or future events. Now, much of what we're dealing with now, for example, involving scrutiny over suspicious police shootings and questions about the place of law enforcement and the government in our lives. Now, this Wednesday, body camera footage of two deputy marshals was released detailing an incident that occurred 10 months ago. The footage shows law enforcement firing multiple rounds at a man in a Jeep as he was throwing up his hands. Now, upon inspection of the vehicle and suspects, the officers discovered that there was a six-year-old child in the backseat of the car. Now, the man who was driving was the father of the young boy and was hit multiple times but recovered. Now, once EMS arrived, they informed the police that the six-year-old autistic child was dead. So what was the reason for the pursuit in the first place? Well, It's claimed that they were trying to serve a warrant on the father, but records show he had none. The two officers involved are being charged with second-degree murder and attempted second-degree murder. Now, there is no way to describe the disturbing nature of an incident like this, but the charges that have been brought against those involved will help to set precedents for charging police officers for crimes committed while on shift. Now, last week, we talked about, you know, different things that happened, and we talked about the Texas Penal Code, and we also broke it down for you, and we discussed the fact that law enforcement officers and civilians all have to follow the same law when it comes to use of force and daily force. And this week, the Texas legislature, they're going to have a a meeting on Tuesday. The Criminal Justice Committee, as a matter of fact, is going to have a meeting where they're going to discuss how civilians should change how they react to stops that are conducted by law enforcement. So we'll talk about that after we attend this meeting uh, next weekend. But this week, it's ACL. That's right. Today, we have a very special presentation for you, ladies and gentlemen. Our ACL Festival edition of the Songs with Gun Themes. And we have in studio, let me tell you, the Armadillo Road Band. How you guys doing? All right, so definitely welcome to come and talk it. All right, so you got, yeah, you guys uh, do honky tonk, you know, and you're like a country music band, kind of like it's it's honky tonk, right? Yeah. 
Pretty right, much. And, all right, and then so to my right here, tell me what your name is and what instrument you play. My name's TJ Hill. I play bass guitar and I sing. All right, TJ. So uh, how long have you been in the uh, Armadillo uh, Road Band? Uh, I guess we started the band about maybe eight years ago. Sounds good. All right. All right. Close and, enough. And then yeah, tell me what your name is. And My name's Jeremy Edens. I play guitar and sing. Um, I, I started the band with TJ. Uh, we kind of dug our, uh, our, our music out of punk rock and decided, hey, let's play some old country songs that we know. And that's why, how it all got started, but. Yeah, we both had been in a lot of different bands, a lot of different styles, but he and I, we both write, and I had a lot of uh, country tunes that I'd wrote, and anything I wrote that was a little more personal to me kind of naturally came out country. I grew up a country boy, and I guess probably about the same with Jeremy, and we got to putting songs together, uh, became good friends, started picking songs for each other, and had songs we didn't have an outlet for, so we said, hey... I've always started a honky-tonk band, and we got this going, and it's been doing pretty well so far. All right, and so a lot of people don't know, you know, I kind of hang out in uh, particular bars around Austin. You know, I like to hang out with a lot of my, my friends around town, and I, I so happened to hang out with some of the band members from the Armadillo Road, and I said, well, you know, you guys got to come on the show, and it's ACL, so what a better <laughs> time to talk about guns uh, I guess songs that actually talk about guns in them. So, uh, so that's how we, we come here today. So the song that we started out with, what was the name of that, that tune? Well, that's Leonard Skinner, Give Me Back My Bullets. Oh, man. Uh, what, do, what do you know about that? Well, I know that was, it was uh, you know, everybody knows Leonard Skinner and, and knows how many success. I mean, you can't walk down the street without hearing Leonard Skinner. You can't go to the grocery store. You you probably can't go to church without hearing Leonard Skinner playing in there. Well, definitely playing in a bar. Everyone but it, wants to yeah, hear absolutely. Skinner. And but you know everybody knows about the same four or five songs. That's what they play over and over again. Um, Give me back my bullets. Yeah, it's it's not like we don't know what it is, but it's it's a lesser known song. It was from their least successful album that they did. It was their fourth record they did in 1976, mm. um, and there was only one single, um, which wasn't that one. It was uh, Double Trouble, which was non-charting. Um, but it's, to me, one of the best things they ever did. So much so that uh, fans would actually throw bullets <laughs> on the stage, live ammunition on the stage during performances. So at some point, they actually pulled it from the set. Oh, you know, come it, on. For safety concerns. <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah. Hey, there's nothing wrong with throwing me your bullets. Sure. Nobody had a hammer. They weren't going to. Yeah, <laughs> good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely throw me your bullets. I'd have picked those suckers up and used them for sure. And throw me the guns, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking well, about. Just give me the ammo. <laughs> I'll definitely take the ammo for sure. I can definitely use that. It reminds me of that little joke from Chris Rock, and he talked about, you know, you know, you might want to be careful about using the ammunition if they uh, make it uh, real expensive or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. $100 a bullet. $100 a bullet. Yeah. Oh, man. And then also we have someone else in the studio who's being kind of quiet on us today. Uh, Charles, welcome hey, to Come and Talk It. Welcome. Glad to be here. All right. So, and, and Charles was the key person in putting all this together um, and making sure that, you know, we, we have a, a, a nice, good music theme, and, and you guys selected all the different selections that we're going to hear today on the show. Um, and then the song that we're actually going to go out to commercial break on, what is that? Shotgun Willie. Shot, and tell me about that one, Shotgun Willie. Jeremy, you know this one? Sure. Uh, Shotgun Willie, that's uh, 
what we talk about there is going to be the other side of Willie Nelson. We know him as the, the gentleman, the redheaded stranger, but, you know, there's a reason he's got a guitar named Trigger, and the reason they call him Shotgun Willie because he had a little shootout with his uh, son-in-law at one time, one of his son-in-laws, and uh, the law came about, you know, to, to take a statement on it, and Willie told him basically, uh, well, his tire ran over my bullet, you know, <laughs> and, and they were like, we don't really want to get involved in this hillbilly nonsense, and they just took his <laughs> statement and let him go. But, uh, yeah, that's one of the lesser known, you know, Willie's a good guy, but, hey, at one point in time, he had a little bit different side to him, and he didn't take any any mess from anyone, apparently. But <laughs> All right, TJ, and uh, what are your thoughts about it? Uh, I'm not as familiar with the... I'm not as familiar with the tune. I've heard it before. Come on, that's it's one, a pretty of, the wild best, song. That's one yeah. of the best Willie Nelson songs of all time. It is a good one. <laughs> I, I so which, so who, who picked it, the song? I think me and Jeremy did. Did you? Both, yeah, both Charles together. the Guru over there. I thought of it, then Jeremy confirmed <laughs> that's, that's it. Terrific song. That's kind of how the, the whole list came about. I think it's just such, we, we were looking for songs that were a little more, um, I don't want to say obscure, but things that are lesser known. And, and, you know, everybody knows a ton of Willie's music, and that it's something that's a little different Willie. It has a different kind of rhythm to it, a different feel. Really cool song. It's mm-hmm. been used time and time again in, in all kinds of different things, from movies to, to TV to radio, but... It's not something you hear every day, and that's kind of what we were looking at today. When we wanted to play some good gun songs, but we wanted to play songs that you don't hear all the time, and right. and tell a little bit of a story about them that may be off the beaten path. Yeah, and I know we got to get you guys back in the studio sometime so you guys can uh, play some stuff with us. Because sure, uh, for yeah, us, I'd love to. Yeah, because you, uh, especially since I know that you guys play some gospel tunes, you know, and I love, I love, well. <laughs> some religious songs hey, and I love praising the Lord and past the ammunition right. so isn't you know I concur yeah absolutely so what are some of the religious tunes that you guys have actually played uh the one that we did for uh the show called songwriters across Texas is called uh victory in Jesus mm. that sounds good already I want to hear a little of it can you sing good old, good old fashioned hymnal <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, TJ can sing you any gospel song. He grew up in the church. His daddy's a Baptist preacher. So. All right, TJ, your daddy's yeah, sing, listening. Sing it for us now. Oh, let's see. Bring me to Jesus. Victory in Jesus, mm. my I'll Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. I love him where I knew him, and all my faith is due him. All right, that's the Armadillo Road. That's what I'm talking about. Something Ooh, like woo. Nothing like praising the Lord and passing the ammunition on a Sunday afternoon while you're on your way to uh, watch the game or you're sitting in traffic on I-35 or you're backed up on Mopac. Let me tell you, that's the Armadillo Road. And you guys are going to be playing somewhere later on tonight also. Yeah, we'll be at the White Horse this evening. We're starting a residency tonight. That's 5th and Kamal. Yeah, 5th and Kamal. Best honky-tonk uh, dancing place in town. No offense, Broken Spoke, but it is good. <laughs> <laughs> they got good-looking women down there, too. We'll start like at 9 p.m., and we'll be playing every Sunday till further notice, till they kick us out. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. And and you guys, uh, man, because there's one other uh, song that you've played, too, that's re- that has a, a little religious tone to it. We've written a couple songs that I think have those sort of overtones, yeah. you know, I mean... Uh, but you mainly, you know, focus on honky tonk. We do, but I mean, I th- I don't see how you write honky tonk and 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 religion doesn't come up in there. That's somewhere, true. That's true. Because when you listen to it and you hear you hear the um, 
you know the music to it you hear the beat to it it definitely it it to me it brings me back and makes me think i'm in the baptist church somewhere yeah, i mean saturday you know? night is honky tonk <laughs> and sunday morning is repentance right, right. exactly <laughs> that's kind of how it works now what's uh what's your your hit song that you guys like to perform or one of your favorites uh, i don't know we love merle haggard a lot i'll say that yeah we like a lot of merle haggard uh so, uh, some of our favorites to play you know, songs of ours, I'll say Sweet Country Woman, I really enjoy playing. It's a, it's a fast tune. Mm. We call it Swampy Tonk. It's kind of got a little bit of a, a Jerry Reed kind of feel to it. Uh, the how's guitar that, how, really gets it. And I'm going to put you on the spot, so how does that go? Uh, <laughs> He's about to try to put me on the spot. Yeah, I wrote it. <laughs> yeah, Jerry sings I thought it. I told you, you're going to learn today. I don't want to blow us up in here because I sing it real loud. Yeah, like, no, yeah. we want to hear some of that. Come on. It's one we've been working on in the studio. We're, uh, we've got one album out, well, and we're working on a, we're working on a, it's close. the next it's close. album. And uh, it'll realistically, it probably won't be out till the spring. Are you telling me right spring. now you can't sing me a hymn? You can't sing me a line or two? <laughs> a sentence? We'll just kind of do it kind of quiet. Yeah, I it. really exploded, but it was like, it's something like, uh, we're down where the honeysuckle vine grow. Got a little woman, she make the warm wind blow. You know? Okay. I'm not going to go, if they want to hear the rest, they're going to have to come down to the White Horse. That might, uh, that might sound it. better acapella. That one is uh, a <laughs> lot of guitar work. I'd say it's more guitar <laughs> yeah. oriented. Oh, you have me doing a <laughs> it, is, it just ain't gonna come around so well. <laughs> I tell you, nothing like ACL, boy. I tell you, ACL Festival. This is 2016. All right, so so Charles, uh, you, you put a lot of these songs together. You know, you know, what were your your thoughts about you know the lineup that we're gonna play today? Well, first the thought was uh, come up with the best songs about guns and country music. Then looking into it, we decided to take it a deep further after getting Jeremy on board, then the idea came to off the beaten path. Mm. So songs that uh, people might not be too familiar with in, in all genres of music. All right. Now call in numbers 512-643-LIVE. That's 512-643-5483. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Sits around in his underwear Biting on a bullet Pulling out a This is Doug DuBois Jr., Executive Director of the Texas State Rifle Association. You're listening to Michael Cargill and Come and Talk It Radio. Well, you can't make a record if you ain't got nothing to say. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. Well, we fell on the bed. All kinds of crazy things was going through my head. So I ran All right, so you listen to our ACL Festival edition of Songs with Gun Themes. All right, so we have Armadillo Road uh, in the studio today, and they're a honky tonk country music band. And they're telling us about all these different songs, and they've actually picked these songs for us uh, that actually have gun themes uh, in them. So let me turn to TJ, right? Yes, sir. All right, TJ. So tell them about that song that we just heard. Well, the one we just heard is a Bushwick Bill song called Ever So Clear. I figure if we're picking gun songs, you know, there's so many different gun songs. Can't just stick to country music. I like hip-hop as well. So uh, this is one I've liked for a long time. Uh, this tune, 
So this is one when you're riding down the road, you roll your window up. You don't want anyone That's to know right. that you're listening you got to. got the arm hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't mind. They can they, they can see me listen. They can hear you listen. They can yeah, watch I, you listen to it. Yeah, I listen to all kind of stuff. Okay. <laughs> but uh, this tune, uh, I guess it's kind of autobiographical. Okay. Uh, Bushwick Bill, he was part of the Ghetto Boys. He's from Houston. Uh, actually, he's Jamaican-born. And... Uh, but the Ghetto Boys, they're they're from Houston, and uh, this is one of his tunes off his solo album, uh, "Little Big Man." Came out in '92, but uh, so Bushwick, he's a little person. He's only four <laughs> foot two. Oh wow! Oh, see, yeah. I, I can relate to that. See, yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, I, I can relate to him. Okay, all right. Well, he. Uh, he had an incident. I guess he was drinking a lot of Everclear at the time. Mm, I see. I and can relate then, uh, to that too. See, we got a lot in common. <laughs> Everclear. He's four foot two. You know, well, people he also, always talk about me about my height. And he stuff. also smokes PCP. Oh, I can't. So relate that, to that that might be where y'all drift apart right there. Yeah, we have to go separate ways on the PCP. That's where most people drift apart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently, this story he was uh, he was high on PCP. Oh. And the way the song goes, and I've tried to look up this story to try to find out what exactly happened and there's two different stories one says it was his mother hmm. him and his mother got into an argument and the other is him and a girlfriend got into an argument but anyways he's kind of out of his mind and uh he got a gun hmm. and he wanted her to shoot him hmm. and uh in order so to he get ended insurance up money yeah in order to get in uh in order to get insurance money <laughs> and that's just that's one of the stories i don't know and see, that's, that's almost like marvin gay you know you know them <laughs> well he got shot by his by his uh, dad by his father right they were arguing over insurance and stuff like that as well yeah oh, okay uh so this one he ended up uh you know he said he provoked her and he ended up getting the gun and putting it to his head and the uh the gun went off he got shot in the head and uh he was actually pronounced dead. Mm. They said uh, he was dead for a little over two hours. And actually, uh, they took him to the morgue. They were closing the door when he came to. He jumped up off the uh, off the plate. He <laughs> see, said, he, "See, I have an up and coming EMT sitting over here to my left." And he's like, shake his head, like no, "No way, I'm not buying yeah, that." Yeah, yeah. This, this sounds good the though. Story. You hear and, that EMT? Uh, he was dead for about two hours. <laughs> they were closing the door, and he was like, "Hey!" He said, "Hey, wait, let me out of here." Wait, wait, wait. So you're telling me I went to school and it's all it's all wrong? I'm just telling you all that crap you learned in school. You just you know you, you, you got to get your head out the book every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, he ended up living through it, but he lost an eye because of it. Oh wow! And so the the tune ever so clear. It's kind of a. Autobiographical tune of his experience in losing his eye. We call it autobiographical lore. Ooh. I think that <laughs> it's kind of like Paul Bunyan. It's you know, oh, the video's pretty no, crazy. It, At the end of it, he takes his glass. Obviously, eye out. some of it is definitely true. <laughs> oh wow! And then we don't know the rest of the story. Yeah. that's what makes it interesting. Oh, that's crazy. And then we, but when we were on the break there, uh, Justin, you were telling me something about uh, was it Willie? I saw an interview where I forget who held the interview or who asked him the question, but they asked whether or not he supported an assault weapons ban, and he he said he does. So mm. I don't, obviously he's. So we need to we need to smack Willie on the PP for that one. So <laughs> even though I like this song, you know, if you and- think that would help. Shotgun Willie sits around in his underwear. By 
sitting on a bullet, pulling out all of his hair. A shotgun Willie's got all of his family there. Well, you can't make a record if you ain't got nothing to say. You can't make a record if you ain't got nothing to say. Now, see, I have a very hard time of believing someone that, that would make a song like that, you know, that's, that uh, has a problem with uh, assault weapons. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe he was just saying that to not... You know, get a bunch of haters, I guess, maybe. I, I don't know, you know, because around the time that the interview came out, it was around a bunch of shootings and stuff like that going on. So who knows? It could have just been, you know, to to not take out a bunch of heat. All right. So, Willie, if you're listening, you know, and your kids are in town, you know, you definitely got to give me a call later on during the week. We got to clear this mess up because I know you've got to be pro-gun. You're in Texas, Willie. You know, we, you know, we support well, maybe you. Just, you got to support us. He's pro-shotgun. <laughs> He's just pro shotgun. Yeah. Like Biden. (laughs) (laughs) Double barrel, right? Yeah. (laughs) All right. And, you know, next Saturday at Central Texas Gunworks, we actually have an event that that takes place the second Saturday of the month. And I brought somebody into the studio to tell us about that. And at first, tell me your name. I'm Sandra Ballon. Sandra. Sandra's one of my comedians. And Sandra lays down, let me tell you. Have you cracking your side? And Sandra, what what do we do at Central Texas Gunworks the second Saturday of the month? Second Saturday of the month. The best comedy show in Austin, hands down. Every second Saturday at 8 p.m. It's Guns and Giggles comedy show. Yes, Let sir. me tell you, Guns and Giggles. And it is the longest running comedy show in South Austin. Absolutely. Guns and Giggles, a comedy show in a gun store. That's what I'm talking about. What? I, you're going to learn today. Come on down to Central Texas Gunworks on the second Saturday of the month and listen to that comedy show. Now, who, have our, who are our comedians this week? Um, so, um, I am a comic. I used to live in Austin. Um, that's where I met Michael. That's where I met all the other amazing comics who put the show together on a monthly basis. Um, I just moved to Dallas, and I have discovered a plethora of amazing talent, and I want to bring them down here and show them off to you all. So, I'm, I'm going to be honest here. I'm putting my own money on the line. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm paying these people out of my own pocket. I'm driving them down here because I believe in them. This is going to be a fantastic show. Um, we've got... And these Rachel- are mostly ladies mostly ladies and you know what i didn't do that on purpose i wasn't like oh i'm gonna book an all ladies show no it, we've just got some amazing talent um in dallas that um austin needs to see so uh we've got rachel hall uh she's uh from dallas but she's now uh here in austin and she is fantastic and she tells it like it is uh we got des o'neill featuring um he is fresh off of hosting for phase on love at the arlington improv and then we've got uh, miss mama michelle fantastic comedian. Um, she has toured all over the country. She's worked with uh, Steve Byrne, Bill Bellamy, um, list goes on and on. So she is fantastic. It's going to be an amazing time. So again, um, 8 p.m. at Centex Guns on October 8th, uh, this upcoming Saturday, um, is going to be $5. Well worth the time. Uh, well worth the money. <laughs> um, and it's going to be, as always, hosted by uh, Simply Courtney and music by Mr. Brown Sound. It's going to be a great time. So y'all should come out. 
Definitely. October the 8th at Central Texas Gunworks Guns and Giggles Comedy Show. Uh, a fantastic lineup. I'm looking at the picture of these ladies, and uh, it's it's all ladies and, and one guy. And I'm telling you, this is a, it's a beautiful lineup. Can't wait to listen to them. Can't wait, can't wait to hear the show. All right. And now, Charles. Charles, Charles, Charles. Step up to the mic, Charles. Now, Charles, you know, while we're sitting, you know, we're usually sitting in the bar. We're having a couple of drinks and we're talking about music and singing songs and stuff like that. Not karaoke, but we're actually singing songs. We can't name your favorite song. No, we cannot. We cannot name my favorite song. So <laughs> we can't even play that on the, on the radio. So <laughs> while, while we're sitting there, you know, you're always, you know, you're always in my ear. You tell me about all the different songs. Um, and you tell me the history behind a lot of songs, you know. So how did, how did you, you know, grow up? You grew up in Austin or somewhere else? Wichita Falls. Wichita Falls. All right. So how did you, you know, come across and knowing so much about different uh, genres and music? I guess growing up being a music fan. My sister listened to the Beatles, liked Elvis. So I was uh, privy to a lot of good music. Probably my face, first favorite eight track was uh, Hank Williams Jr., Whiskey Bitten Hellbound. <laughs> so, uh that set uh, me up to liking a lot of great music after that album. L- later, my favorites became Merle Haggard, Luther Vandross, Morrissey the Smiths, George Jones. Uh, a lot of great music in different genres. Public Enemy also. Now, the Armadillo Road Band, are you guys going to come up with a, a, a gun theme song yourself? Well, we have we have guns actually because I need a song for the show. Oh, I need my own. I need my own need come a, and talk a show. We'll okay, probably write uh, you so. one. Sure. We, I mean, we we have guns mentioned in what three or four of our songs, but yeah, um, we haven't particularly gone out and set out and made a gun theme song. Because you want that, Mike? We yeah, can do that for yes. you, man. Because I, I, I like guns and I like to. Uh, yeah, I like songs. So you, you want to show us you're not siding with Willie. Yeah, exactly. I ain't siding with Willie on this one. I love We're Willie. We're making a rifle so, song. So I need a, I need a gun theme song, you know, specifically aimed at University of Texas, um, that goes against Cox, not Glocks. Uh, so you know, that's pro campus carry. You know, whatever you want to throw in there, I, I need something. We can get that done. Something. Give me something. We have a salt rifle sh- song coming up. Do we do? Do we? We probably have some kind of assault rifle. I song. think there's a couple, a couple of them on the list. Oh yeah, we got some. Uh, well, I mean, what do you want to call assault rifle? But we want to talk about Thompson gunners and stuff like that. So you know, I mean, machine guns. Oh, so we got a long list of guns. We, we got hear. all kinds of guns. We talk about 38s, 45s, Tommy guns. There's a bunch of them. Oh man. Okay. All right. All right. I'll let you talk about the guns. We're here to talk about. Yeah, and, and and to give you, you know, to give guys a little history, you know, about guns in Texas. Um, it goes all the way back to like the 1800s when we first got our our first you know gun ban you know it started like in 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 the late 1800s and all the laws were actually being being made here in Austin Texas but the majority of people lived down you know down south and so while the lawmakers were here in Austin they're like hey you know a lot of people have long guns they have rifles and things like that so we're not going to ban rifles, but what we do will do is put some type of restrictions on handguns. So that's how they they actually started putting restrictions on handguns, and it started back in the late 1800s. And long guns they didn't touch. So long guns we've always been able to openly carry long guns in Texas. We've always been able to you know have a rifle or uh, any type of long gun that's loaded. You know have it in a rifle rack in the back of your vehicle and all that stuff. But for handguns, they said, no, 
No, you, you, you can't walk around with a handgun. So we got our handgun license program like in 1995. And so in 1995, we first got the concealed handgun license. They said, okay, if you get a concealed handgun license, then you'll be able to carry that handgun concealed and, and go about your day. But you got to get that concealed handgun license in order to do that. So then, you know, in, in January 2016, we got the open carry. And they said, well, in order for you to open carry a handgun, you have to have a handgun license. And the handgun's got to be in a holster, you know, a holster that fits on your belt or a shoulder holster. And so things have actually gradually changed, you know, throughout the years. And then, you know, now we got campus carry. We can carry inside of a college campus and all that stuff. And people are kicking and screaming over there at UT, but I think they're just going to be fine. You know, so it's all about safety. And that's, you know, kind of, you know, a real fast paced version of the Texas gun laws. Yeah. We think about that. And I know Justin's thinking we need constitutional carry. Which got Justin? Well, I think it's ridiculous that <laughs> that I can still carry. I still have more rights with a rifle than I do with a pistol. I mean, what is it? Everybody that's trying to ban right now. Everybody's trying to ban rifles. Okay. You know that take magazines, and well, I'm going to call them standard capacity magazines. But the point is, everybody's trying to ban those. Yet we have more rights with the, with those here in Texas than we do handguns. I think we should be able to carry handguns the same way we can rifles. Now, do you guys a license? Do you guys own any guns at all? Absolutely. What, yes, what, sir. What you got? No, we don't need to talk about it. Oh yeah, yeah, you gotta go tell me. <laughs> no, nothing crazy. Just any basic handguns, stuff. Long rifles, guns? And, and and shotguns. You, know, you do. You, you, ever, you ever go to the range or anything? No. You go no, to no. Range? I got range right out there. Right. There's open range right out there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Hey, I'm a law-abiding American of course, citizen. Of course, of course. Yeah. Uh, a property we used to live at was on a big acreage, so we used to just go out in the backyard and shoot. That was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, you know. Go out there and shoot about anything. <laughs> All right. And what kind of guns did you go shoot? Uh, I've got a, uh, I've got a 30-30 rifle. Oh, nice. I've got a double barrel 12 gauge. Oh, wow. And then I've got a uh, a revolver. I'm actually uh, wanting to bring to you to inspect. It's, uh, it's about 70 years old. Oh, wow. So I was wanting to, you know. Clean it up get, a little get bit. Get someone to check it out for me and, and uh, make sure everything's safe with it. So I will be coming by your, your shop sometime soon. Uh, oh, definitely. We could definitely take a look at that sucker for you and make sure it's in good working order. Yeah, you- well, so, um, you know, I I have no stake in this. You know, I think I'm just like every other or most Americans like or a lot of Americans. You know, I don't own a gun, but I I want everyone to be safe. But like I want, you know, I want everyone's rights to also be protected um, in response to your question. You know, I'm just trying to educate myself at this point. I've been listening to a lot of like Adam Winkler. And um, do you all know who that is? The no. UCLA professor. Um, expert on gun rights. Um, anyway, so um, I think uh, maybe this is my hypothesis in response to your question. Um, with assault rifles, I mean, you know, I, I guess assault rifles, if you have bad intentions with them, they're more deadly. But uh, don't most crimes occur with shot uh, handguns? They do. So, you know, to me, that's probably the logical explanation for why there are more regulations on on handguns than there are on rifles in this state yeah but statistically it doesn't it doesn't make any sense because the 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 largest mass shootings we've ever had have been committed with rifles mass shootings are 
very difficult to avoid, though, aren't they? If, if, you, if a crazy person wants to kill people, he has access. But I don't think anybody here would argue that a rifle is more powerful than a handgun. The point is we can still walk around in Texas with a rifle on our back with, with no issue, no license, nothing. I think handguns should be the same. I shouldn't have to carry a rifle. I shouldn't have to lose my rights in order in order to carry a handgun here in Texas, which I do right now. What you got now? Don't get quiet. <laughs> right? Would, any, would anybody here argue, argue that there's more powerful rifles than there are handguns? You can shoot them from farther away. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Nobody, you here, would, nobody here would argue that they're that they're more powerful. But the point is, Texas legislators or legislators feel that they need to restrict the the little handguns and re, and re, realistically anybody who wants to commit a crime with a handgun is going to do it whether he has a license or not that's right at the end of the day most of the time if you're going to commit a crime you definitely don't have a license you, a criminal's you're not, not going to go to the trouble of getting a license that's absolutely the point of being not. a criminal it's yeah to do you're not going to drive a car the without only, a license, the only thing are a license we, i don't is, know are we operating if, on the idea that any of these gun laws are logical in any like way that like sense it's all I'm politics not. right <laughs> i'm so, not so i mean <laughs> I, I don't know if you want to i mean if you want to like logically regulate guns you're gonna have to overhaul the entire process well, but it's all politics I, I, I think the the quickest way to to reduce crime and into into make a safer society is limiting the red tape around law-abiding citizens people that just want to defend themselves and their family stop putting up so much red tape in front of them in order for them to carry okay but i mean my understanding of regulations is we're always regulating to the lowest common denominator so we're always that is not the case here though i mean it, it costs it costs quite a bit of money it's range time it's a number of things here in texas in order in order to get that plus you've got to wait how many, what's the waiting time right now in order to get your chl mike Oh, it could be like ninety days. I mean, it, it's it, that's that's ridiculous because, like I say, if a criminal wants to go commit a crime with a gun, he's just going to pick it up and do it. Right. And All you right. don't want a gun that's traceable in the first place. If you're going to commit a crime. Yeah, they're going to they're going to steal a gun. <laughs> exactly. All right. This is our ACL Festival edition of Songs with Gun Themes. Boy, I tell you, we're getting into it now. Getting getting to all the good stuff. What I want to hear. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk. Well, hit on Billy's wilder side. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Jump right on it. This is Brittany Gray, and I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. On the way, when I feel some pain, cause I'm a goner. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Alright, so now you know you guys are affecting my bass now. <laughs> you're playing too much, you know, too many little rap songs. You're, you're messing with my bass. <laughs> Alright. So this week, we're talking about ACL. Uh, we're talking about we're actually having our ACL Festival edition of songs with gun themes and we're, we're playing different genre of music uh, that actually have a they mentioned guns in, in, in the song there so the one that we listened to going into the break what was that one that one's called Where Do You Want It that's a Dale Watson song a local guy okay um, I say local he's, he's huge but 
Yeah, he's about international now. But you'll now, see him in and out of the league. He's from here in Austin. Oh, absolutely. Oh, well, wow. he's, he, he's, yeah, he's. Plays every night. Dale's an icon oh, wow. here, okay. I mean, pretty much. I oh, mean, nice. You, you can't walk around without, say, Dale in his, in his you know, <laughs> fancy suit and his, you know. All right, now somebody's going to tell him you, you're giving him a. You, you oh, Dale's great. <laughs> Dale's great. But the, the song is about uh, one of all of our heroes. I know one of Dale's heroes, uh, the original. Uh, Honky Tonk hero Billy Joe Shaver, mm. and and there was a little incident that uh, occurred in uh, uh, Lorena, Texas. At uh, I believe it was Papa Joe's Texas Saloon, where Billy he kind of shot a guy, and, uh, <laughs> and the 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 story goes uh, he asked him where do you want it mm. before he did it, <laughs> and it's a long story, and I don't know the true story on it because i wasn't in court and i don't know what happened i wasn't there that night but did he shoot him where he wanted it uh, i don't think he shot him where he wanted to get shot but <laughs> apparently it went through his lip and it ended up wedged in the back of his neck and it was pretty close to the carotid artery so i think it's still sitting there but uh oh wow yeah i don't really know the details other than he got uh, a souvenir he got a souvenir he really should have he should have autographed it for a shot. He might it. have. I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of shooting themselves, we got to give a shout out to somebody. Yeah. Uh, you know, guns can be dangerous. Mm. You got to use uh, proper safety with your gun. Uh, be careful where you shoot it. And uh, you don't want to shoot yourself because uh, it could be tragic. But uh, I want to give a shout out to our drummer, Mr. Jesse Esquivel. I think he may be out there listening. He had an accident at work uh, a couple of days ago with a nail gun and actually put a nail in his finger. Oh! And uh, he said he wasn't sure if he was going to make the show this evening, but I just got a confirmation he is going to be there tonight. So thank you, Jesse. Keep some ice on that finger, and uh, we'll see you this evening. Don't point that nail gun. Anything you don't want to kill or destroy, <laughs> keep your finger off the trigger. Put a little on kerosene around your fire. <laughs> nail we love guns. you, brother. That's right. Nail guns are bad. <laughs> All right, so now what I was hearing before you went to break, you were talking about, you know, you think we should have a little more regulation. No, that's not what I said. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not trying to get shot, all right? Like, I know where I am. What are you talking about? I'm not not an idiot, all right? (laughs) (laughs) So what were you saying before you went to break? I was just, he, he brought up a question, and I answered it. <laughs> I, I presented I, I, my answer. I, no, um, I don't. I, I don't have any opinions about gun re- regulations. Um, like I said, I don't have any stake in the game. I just want people to be safe, and I want people to have their rights. So, um, what I would like to see is um, there is a CDC. I, b- I believe there is a ban on CDC research for uh, uh, gun-related injuries treating them as a public health issue. And I would like to see that ban lifted. Now, I don't think that's more regulation. That's just about increasing information so that if regulations happen to pop up in the future, they're, they come from an educated place. And we're not just stabbing in the dark because, you know, the NRA banned some research, you know, a couple decades ago. Oh, the, N- the NRA is not a legislative body, so they can't ban anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> if you say so, boo-boo. I'd like to point something out, too. Every single crime that you could commit with a firearm is already illegal. So mm. so putting the red tape in front of law-abiding citizens when it comes to them buying firearms or carrying firearms makes absolutely no sense because burglary is legal, robbery is legal, 
uh, murdering somebody's illegal, rapes illegal, every bit of that is illegal. And then you add a firearm or something like that to that, and it's with a deadly weapon. So there's already laws in the books for that. I don't think we need any more red tape in front of law-abiding citizens. No, I agree. I think, disagreeing with like that. I was saying earlier, you, you can drive a car and not have a license. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're doing it legally. And you can drive no. down the road and... You're not going to get you're not going to get stopped just to ask whether or not you have a license That's because right. that is against the law right. because you have a right to, to move. That's correct. So and until you break a law, then you get pulled over. But here, in so order, in order to carry a sh- firearm. So I should be able to walk down the street carrying whatever firearm I want. And unless I'm doing something illegal, then, you know, <laughs> hey, I, yeah, absolutely. I don't I don't think an officer should be able to be able to stop you just because you have a firearm. OK, I think there should be something else in, in, around that. Either you're trespassing or you're breaking some sort of a law, you know, uh, but if you're minding your own business. It should be kept that way. Because you're saying more guns equals less crime. I, can, I completely gonna, agree with that. Now we're going the slippery slope here. I'm, I'm right. trying to provoke it. I know where you're headed with this. Huh? I mean, how many more guns are we talking about? I mean, we've got, we got what, 350 million firearms in the United States? I mean, I, I, I think we're at a point to where we just need to make it to where people can carry them. Yeah, the more the merrier. So, <laughs> I, well, what I'm saying is I already think we're, we're I, don't, I don't know that the number is going to really substantiate much. I just think that... Whether or not people can carry is what actually makes the makes the effect. Okay, all right, all right. So now the the song that we heard coming out of the commercial break, uh, what was that, uh, Charles? That was "Who Shot You" by Notorious B.I.G. That was B.I.G. Yeah, Biggie. Oh man, I didn't even recognize oh, yeah. that one. I never heard that one before. We slipped that one in on you. We Good sh- Lord! Right, it's uh okay on his second album, "Life After Death." I only know about a few songs by. Yeah, Mike. By even B. I knew that one. Right, oh, I know. I'm sorry. I'm not as black as you may think. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. And so, what else about that song? Ah, uh, it's the infamous song that uh, was controversial because uh, at the time of. Uh, uh, it got released or it got played that Tupac thought it was about uh, him and he released uh, a retaliatory song, a diss track called Hit Him Up. Mm-hmm. And that's all part of the Tupac Biggie feud. Yeah, East, East, Coast, East Coast, West Coast. Coast. Coast yes, origin. absolutely. It's essential in uh, well, it's, knowing that story. It's weird because, uh, you know, maybe it's coincidental or whatever, but um, as Tupac was recovering from those gunshots, he was shot in, in uh and I guess it was, uh, I think, Manhattan. That's one of the studios there. You know, and he recovered from those in the hospital. But um, Biggie was right there right after that, and he didn't get shot. Mm. And, and and they released that song just a couple weeks after after Tupac was shot. So, yeah, he was a little suspicious. And, you know, who who can speculate what really happened between those two? And there are all kinds of ideas and theories and all this and Tupac's down in Jamaica still alive and all this, and who knows. Um, but the most interesting thing is that it started the East Coast, West Coast. You know, it, it began that little rivalry uh, or feud or whatever you want to call it. That you know, Anytime you get a rivalry, that's kind of a, a moneymaker. That was I a moneymaker for sure. I think they intended it that way necessarily, but those were the two, I think they uh, those were the two biggest uh, rap icons at the time. And so uh, another thing that kind of fueled it is uh, they think, uh, or Tupac thought that Biggie was trying to get him knocked off. If he was out of the picture, you know, Biggie would have it all. Well, and then you got Suge Knight that comes in. And we go into this all day. But oh, yeah. We, <laughs> 
Who, who knows what really happened? And I heard Shug Knight got raped. <laughs> hey, man. Raped uh, in prison. Uh, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. That's, that's a big old dude. That's, that's right. A big old dude. It's tough on the streets right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, it must be. All right, so, um, man, so so that's what what you're saying that started the East Coast-West Coast rivalry between Tupac and Biggie. Now, are we also playing Tupac's song as well? We're not playing that song, right? No, I don't think we have a... Uh, we didn't get a, a Tupac song in the list. There was uh, there's kind of a lot to choose now from. You know, but now Charles, you guys are picking sides. Well, Charles, <laughs> no, 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 no. We were going for the better song than the Biggie songs. Yeah. We're going to have to set it off. We ain't East Put Coast. Put on, hit them up. Let's, West Coast. Coast. Let's see what we're he said. Coast. We got that South Texas coast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, South Texas coast. All right, so, uh, and then what's the song that we're going to listen to uh, going to the commercial break now? That next song uh, let me see. <clears throat> I'm not sure, but I think we may be with a Bruce Springsteen song right here. Cause we may yeah, be... yeah, I think we're going out with a Bruce Springsteen song. American Skin. Okay. 41 okay. Shots, I believe. Parentheses, 41 Shots. And then we're going to come back in with which song? Which song? I believe that is Delia's Gone, which was uh, a Johnny Cash version, what we'll be hearing. But that's an old folk song that's been recorded and, 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 and claimed by many authors. We don't really know that the origin of it other than it's an old folk song and we can tell you the history of the story that it surrounds but who really wrote it i'm not sure the one we picked was uh 1962 yeah and it's okay. and it's johnny's version which varies a lot from the other versions but it's cool it's way better that's why and we're playing several different Cash, you know? versions that he did a lot of uh kind of alternate takes on it and the so most, we're uh, recent version uh american recordings which exactly. is johnny cash's uh Great comeback album with Rick Rubin as yes, producer. American Records. And so you guys are going to perform where tonight? The Armadillo Road Band? Uh, we're performing at the White Horse. That's 5th uh, and Comal. At what time? 9 p.m. 9 p.m. I should be uh, And we'll be performing with some of our, our good buddies. We uh, won't be. Lucas Hudgens <laughs> is playing today at uh, 6 o'clock. And then our buddies, uh, Silo Road, uh, they're also sharing the residency with us. They'll be going on at 11 p.m. So every Sunday night... Uh, you can catch us in Silo Road there at, uh, at the White Horse, 5th and Kamal, uh, Armadillo Road at 9 p.m. and Silo Road at 11 p.m. Okay, so we're sitting here talking with Armadillo Road. We're talking about the ACL. Uh, this is our ACL Festival show, and it's the uh, Songs with Gun Themes. That's what we're talking about today. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talkin'. Yo, what's going on, guys? It's Chad Jones here, and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. 41 shots, and we'll take that Welcome back to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. We're talking all things firearms. Now, here's Michael Cargill. And now it's time for GGN Global Gun News. Global Gun News sponsored by GDS Enterprise. GDS, the largest supplier of AR-15 parts and accessories. So for all of your AR-15 parts and accessory needs, go to GDS Enterprise. Located at 321 West Ben White Boulevard, Suite 202 in Austin, Texas. Located right next door to Central Texas Gun works in the news 
Prop 63 will be on the ballot for California's in November. The prop that was created by Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom and named the Safety for All Initiative adds more burdening or needless legislation to the citizens of California. Specifically, the legislation would require things such as a four-year permit to purchase ammo from a dealer, it also adds a criminal misdemeanor charge to anyone who doesn't possess a one-year permit to sell ammo. It expedites legislation that would restrict Californian citizens to purchase out-of-state ammunition without having it shipped to a dealer first. Business and people who deal in ammunition would have to report the theft or loss of the ammo within 48 hours of the loss. Prop 63 is an issue that Newsom wants to use to become the next governor of California. It has nothing to do with safety in the community. It upgrades an existing misdemeanor charge of theft of a firearm valued at $950 or more to a felony charge with up to three years in prison. It redundantly requires already prohibited individuals to surrender their firearms to local law enforcement or sell them to a dealer. But by far the most infringing part of this prop has to do with the so-called large capacity magazines. Californian citizens haven't been allowed to purchase a magazine holding more than 10 rounds since 2000. But Prop 63 will push even further and magazines owned before the turn of the century would become illegal as well. So the magazine confiscation has begun in California. Military personnel gets CCW permits expedited in Florida. Floridian military personnel are being granted concealed carry permits on an expedited pace thanks to officials. Now, since a terror attack on military personnel in 2015, Governor Rick Scott has allowed more protections for uniformed personnel. One of the measures taking was having Florida's Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services to expedite tens of thousands of permits for concealed weapons. This past week, the Florida Commissioner of Agriculture put the number of permits expedited so far at 50,000. Within the first two months of the program beginning, 7,500 permits were issued, with most applicants being issued a permit a week after the application. But the benefits don't stop just at the military. Last year, Governor Scott also enacted a measure to make it legal for citizens without a license to carry concealed during states of emergency. And earlier this year, he cut costs for citizens to get licensed to carry. In total, these measures helped contribute to the over one and a half million citizens licensed to carry in the state of Florida, even more than Texas. Utah pushes for a constitutional carry. Utah representatives are making another attempt to join the 11 other states in the nation that allow constitutional carry for eligible citizens. This is the third time that the state has come face to face with a bill allowing total constitutional carry. In the previous attempts, Governor Gary Herbert has vetoed the bill even after being passed in a 21 to 6 vote in the Senate. Now, supposedly because there was a lot of concern from law enforcement about it being passed. I am deeply concerned about the fact that law enforcement is being attacked, and I know a lot of good law-abiding citizens out there that would love nothing more than to defend law enforcement officers. Even though the governor has been portrayed as a conservative who supports the Second Amendment, he has shot down very similar bills in the past. Fortunately, this time around, the bill is actually being formulated by a law enforcement officer. Aside from being a state representative, Lee Perry is also a Utah Highway Patrol lieutenant. Representative Perry has stated that constitutional carry is something that his constituents 
have been pushing for, which makes sense considering that according to the Bureau of Criminal Identification, the state has seen a 71% increase in valid permits in the last five years. Now, the current laws already allow for open carry as long as the firearm is not loaded. But the process for getting a permit to conceal is oddly strict. If you have ever been convicted of any crime involving alcohol or moral turpitude, you'll have difficulty with getting your permit. Even crimes committed as a juvenile or offenses that have been expunged, which theoretically should be disregarded, are considered doing this process. Now, hopefully other states follow suit and push this hard for true, unrestricted Second Amendment rights. Couple defends themselves from armed threat. Last Friday in Lubbock, Texas, a married couple were pulling into their driveway when they were confronted with an armed individual. The Lubbock police state that Kendrick and Christy Trotty were arriving home when a man in a black ski mask with a handgun who demanded money tried to have Kendrick exit the vehicle. While the criminal was focused on Kendrick, his wife Christy was able to subtly retrieve a handgun stored in the car and slipped it to her husband. Kendrick was then able to fire multiple rounds at the robber, hitting him once in the leg. After the man fled, he was captured by police officers and taken to the hospital and is expected to survive his injuries and to serve his time for aggravated robbery. Neither of the victims were injured in the encounter. And that is your Global Gun News Report for this week of October of ACL. All right, so now the song that we heard as we're talking about the news, that is a song by... That MIA song we just heard? Yeah. Okay, that's an interesting song because... and, and it, very popular when it came out. And that's the song that we play for, for our news every, sure. every time. But, you know, there's what most people don't know is that original, that beat that is created there, that was, that's an old Clash song from, what was that, late, maybe 1980? It was on London Calling, if I remember correctly. London Calling sounds about but, 78? Yeah, probably about, you're about right, 78. But the, the song was called Straight to Hell. Mm, and okay. it's kind of an anti-post-Vietnam song, but about vietnam and the fallout from there um but they sampled that beat and tj you said something about devin the dude actually doing some samples on that but yeah devin the dude uh i don't know if he had the beat first i don't know when i say the beat i'm talking about the uh the one used in the song the the samples and everything put together because obviously they sampled the original from uh the clash but whoever uh Whoever put that beat together yeah the beat's a different drop but as a song uh using that so i don't know if uh you know, I don't know if he's the one who who made that beat for the song, who arranged it. I don't know. Uh, but the basis then, of and the song from him, yeah, we somebody, agree, is from the Clash. Yeah, 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 totally. Seventy-eight, so circa seventy-eight. Seems like a bunch of different songs in all in one. Yeah, one thing. Uh, one thing I like to do. Well, is, if you listen uh, to the Clash straight to hell, and then you listen to that one back to back, then it's it's self-evident. Song. Oh, okay, gotcha. Okay. I like I like finding where. Uh, where the samples come from, like in hip hop tunes and stuff like that. Yeah, because none, none of that stuff is original. The original That's tune, right. yeah, and it's been. Sample. I mean, some of the stuff is uh, you know hidden gems from the even the fifties old like uh, R and B tunes and stuff like. Or we're that. just talking about that Biggie song, you know, uh, who shot you? Right. Well, the one of the beats or the original drum track that they laid down first, which they laid another beat on top of. That's uh, uh, David Porter, and David Porter's been sampled by like everybody in hip hop. I mean, from. Um, Wu Tang Clan, of course, they got samples from everyone. Right, to you right. know, like we just said, Biggie on. Uh, I mean, I don't know how many, t- at least ten times, 
that I can think of, he's been sampled in, in popular music. You know, it's going to turn into a whole other show. If yeah, we, start we can't start doing all this, but <laughs> samplings and beats and the, and the yeah. origins. <laughs> all right. Sorry, I just wanted, I kept like trying to steal the mic from you guys. Sorry. Um, so, do you guys know like uh, MIA's like background? No, no. She is a refugee of the uh, Sri Lankan Civil War. So she's, um, you know, it makes sense that she would sample a sure. song, you know, based on the Vietnam War. Uh, she had, you know, her she's got a special relationship with guns and and violence based on her uh, upbringing. Yeah, because I remember the, the movie that where they played that song. That was a very good movie. Um, God, what was it called? Million, million, Slumdog Millionaire. Slumdog Millionaire. There we go. <laughs> like if I say the word, you know, someone would come up with the song. All right, uh, come up with the movie. Yeah, so that that was a very good movie. Um, and next Saturday, what do we have again? Guns and Giggles Comedy Show, <laughs> the longest running South Austin comedy show. Uh, gonna have some great names, some great Dallas comedians. Um, they're gonna drive all the way out to Austin um, to come and entertain you. We've got Des O'Neill, who is fresh off of um, opening for Phase on Love. Um, and then we've got Mama Michelle, a touring comedian who has worked with the likes of Steve Byrne and Bill Bellamy. It's going to be a fantastic show. Um, October 8th at 8 p.m. for $5 at Central Texas Gunworks. Um, come on out. You're not you're not going to want to miss this one. That's right. Longest running comedy show in South Austin. Guns and Giggles. It's the only comedy show in a gun store in the world. In the world. The world. I almost want to say mm. the world, Craig. <laughs> world, Craig. No, from, world. From Friday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. All right. So now the song that we listened to going into the break, what was the name of that tune for us, Charles? American Skin, 41 Shots by Springsteen. Woo. Ooh, yeah, that's a good tune. Um, can we hear a little of that one again? Cut through the night You're kneeling over his body in the vestibule Praying for his life Well, is it a gun? Is it a knife? Is it a wallet? This is your life Forty-one shots, I tell you. So that when you say when I hear forty-one shots, the only thing I can think of is um, that little incident in New York. That's it, Amadou Diallo. Wow, uh, that's deep there. Nineteen ninety-nine, February ninety-nine. That was in ninety-nine. That was ninety-nine. Man, I got out of the army in nineteen ninety-nine. I'm getting old. Tell him my age. <laughs> nineteen ninety-nine. I got out of the U.S. Army, and I, I tell you, I was looking at Fort Hood in my rearview mirror, and I was like, I'm not going back, and I haven't been back since. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> so ni- 1999, and that was the shooting that was in New York. That's right. Where? Tell us about it. Uh, there were four uh, New York City police officers, and they, I don't know what the report was on, on Amadou Diallo, but they came, for whatever reason, they, they came up there, and he was on the porch. Apparently, he was silhouetted by a light from behind him. He reached for his wallet. They, they told him to identify himself, so he reached for his wallet, and one of the allegedly one of the officers yelled gun he's got a gun and they were at close range and they opened fire on him they uh four officers fired 41 shots 
They struck him 19 times, which is less than half of what they fired. Um, but anyway, they killed him, and they faced second-degree murder charges. Uh, all four were acquitted. Surpri- surprised? <laughs> wow. Um, 41 shots, and this guy was standing on the front steps of his house. Yeah. yeah. And he, he, they were basically looking for the, I believe they were looking for the wrong person. Yeah, they were. I, I believe it was, uh, he matched a, 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 a description of a rapist hmm. or something like that. So they fired 41 shots, and he was trying to reach for his wallet to let them know that he lived Correct. there at that house. Yes, exactly. God, that's crazy. 41 shots. But you know, when Springsteen wrote this song thereafter and he was playing it like early like late 99 early 2000 they um what is the uh labor union guild up there the patrolman's benevolent association new york mm-hmm. they ordered a boycott a boycott of of springsteen shows really yeah but you know springsteen this is not, he's, yeah, he's this, not song, do this song here is not even i mean it's not a a anti-law enforcement song. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, not. It's just, you're just issue telling the so, story of what actually right, happened. But he was playing all these shows at like Madison Square Garden and stuff like that. So, you know, in New York, it was a big, big deal. And, you know, of course, the boss didn't stop playing what he did. And and um, on the contrary, he was he actually received the uh, humanitarian award from the NAACP in, in, in 2000 for that song and his efforts. Yeah. But yeah, they they want to do. Uh, they didn't want to hear it because. And I'm embarrassed to say I've never heard the song before. This is the first time I've heard it. It's you know, it's one of those things. Yeah, it's one me and Jeremy came up with thinking about it for a while. Both being a huge Bruce fan. Absolutely. Yeah, you guys are reminding me of some things that I've actually forgotten. I mean, I forgot about that that shooting. You know, so that's man, that's crazy. That was yeah. back when we didn't have a shooting every day. Those they're hard to keep up with now. Well, you know, actually. It, they, believe it or not, I don't. They haven't actually picked up or you know or anything like that. What has changed is we have Twitter, sure. We Media, have Facebook, it's, it's yeah. So you exactly. hear everything a lot faster and it goes a lot further. So they really are the same because violent crime is actually down in the U.S. You know whether or not people want to believe it or not. But go ahead. Uh, this is just something that I always like to bring up whenever we talk about guns or violence or anything like i mean you're right there's a lot there's a massive social media presence so you're just constantly more aware of all these things and it kind of blends in the background but i always like to remind people every time we have this conversation this is still the most peaceful time in human history period like people underestimate the fact that we are living in the most coexistent peaceful time in history take advantage of that don't use all of these portrayals of violence and mass hysteria as some type of excuse to say that humanity is going down this hole. I don't think it is. And, and this is the most peaceful time in human history. I agree with you because I'm loving life right now. I was loving life when I woke up this morning. I'm going to love life when I go to bed. Tonight. Yeah, we can still boo the king if we don't like him. You know? That's okay. You know, so. uh, <laughs> say boo the king. Yeah, we, we have the right to boo the king. You know, and that's that's you, true. And I criticize him all the time. <laughs> sure. And you should. Exactly. You know, that's what we're here to do. Yeah, yeah. All right. So now the song that we're going to listen to going into the commercial break. Well, let me see. All right. So we talked about the one coming out. We didn't talk about the one. Uh, talk about the one going in. We didn't talk about the one coming out of commercial break. What was that song we heard? When we came out. Oh, it was the the news. Never mind. All right. So going into the commercial break now, we're going to hear what we'll find out. All right, so we'll find out what that song is going to be going in and coming out this next commercial break. Yeah. All right, so we're we're talking about the uh, songs with gun themes. This is our ACL Festival edition. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk. To you. 
This is State Representative Jonathan Sicklin, and you are listening to Come and Talk It on Talk 1370. I had her for my wife. He just gone one more round. He just gone. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. That's right. I tell you, I'm, I'm really enjoying myself today. This is our ACL Festival Edition version of Songs with Gun Themes. All right, so uh, what's that song there? That's The Clash off London Calling, a song called Tommy Gun. And that's what uh, really prompted us earlier uh, when we were talking about the MIA song and, uh, you know, the, uh, the Clash beat in the beginning. Uh, we knew we had some Clash coming up, so it was just kind of an early introduction to Clash. But this is their song, Tommy Gun, and in the beginning, the drums kind of uh, imitate a, a machine gun sound. Uh, Clash, they got a, they got a, they got set, they got a lot of guns songs, huh? Sure, Guns of Brixton. Charles, you want to talk about Guns of Brixton? That what I are the lyrics? Know the song. I know that one's on London Calling. Yeah, I may go. be wrong on that Tommy Gun. I, I, I think it, I misquoted myself. They don't quote me on the Guns of Brixton. Uh, Famous one on uh, London Calling. Right. When they knock on your front door, how are you going to come? With your hands on your hand or on the trigger of your gun? <laughs> oh, line. Yeah. Okay. Who's that again? They're the Clash. They were an English punk rock band. Uh, we didn't play that song, but that's that's one of the songs you, you had. No, it was a debate between the two. Okay. And what? there are some other songs out there, too, that you guys were thinking about playing that uh, we didn't play. Yeah, Jeremy has a list of that yeah, typical uh, stuff, like Jamie's got a gun. Yeah, a ton of stuff like that. We didn't want to really run, take you through the run of the mill, but why, why, I'll just why, mention. Why not? Now, the one that you just mentioned before, what was that again? I come, out, with, oh, I come out the door with what now? When they knock on your front door, uh-huh. how are you going to come on your hands on your he- head? Okay. Okay. Your hands on well, your head or your... On the trigger of your gun, right? So yeah, we got the uh, next time we we'll have to play that one. Yeah, that's need, that's good get, stuff. That's a you know? good song there. I, got, I need to hear that. <laughs> like anti Gestapo kind of song, but um, yeah, we, we wanted to do. There are a bunch of songs that are run of the you know everybody knows, so we'll just mention them rather than play stuff that everybody hears all the time. But I think the, the obvious one that we kind of agreed on was one of the best songs about guns because it's by Bob Marley and it's kind of a universal song and gets played everywhere. It's playing. All around the world somewhere right now is I Shot the Sheriff. Absolutely. Yeah, we definitely didn't want to play that one. And I, I wanted to go in and talk about <laughs> Bob Marley getting shot and everything that time. Uh, when, when they, but anyway, we, we didn't want to do that song because yeah. um, Hey Joe, Jimi Hendrix. Okay. Everybody knows that. Where are you going with that gun in your hand? Um, Lawyers, Guns, and Money. Right. Uh, Warren Zevon, great song. Wow. Um, Don't Take Your Guns to Town. Johnny Cash, we, we just... Um, Going to Johnny very easily with guns. He was nice. a Johnny was a huge antique gun collector. Um, Devil's Right Hand. That's Steve Earle's song. Uh, Janie's got a gun. Everybody knows that oh, one. Yeah. Aerosmith. I fought the law. That old classic um, Bobby Fuller song. Uh, Big Iron, which you know y'all played I think a few times on here. Marty Robbins did a whole record that was basically a western. Uh, uh, what's it called? The uh, Trail songs and songs about guns, or no, it's gun, gunfighter ballads and trail songs. There you go. Yeah, um, 
Happiness is a warm gun. Uh, Beatles. And we got know. about 30 minutes, 30 seconds, okay. 30 seconds left, but go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, mention the uh, Roland the Headless Thompson Gunner, the Warren Zevon song. That's one on the list that we're probably not going to get to. That one's uh, that one's actually really cool. Yeah. Anybody listen? Anybody listening? Go out there and listen to it. If you don't know Warren Zevon's Roland the Headless Thompson Gunner, go listen to it about the Congo Wars. On uh, his 1960s. most uh, famous album, Excitable Boy. All right. I, I definitely want to thank Charles for coming out today um, and and putting this all together and also want to thank the Armadillo Road Band. Uh, definitely they're going to be playing tonight where? Uh, the White Horse Saloon. They're at uh, 5th and Kamal, 9 p.m. Y'all come on out and see us. Let's right, go so, honky-tonkin'. So definitely come on out and see that. Really appreciate you guys being on the show thank today you, for our ACL uh, version of uh, what we do. If you've ever heard a doubt in your mind about whether or not it was impossible to fully regulate firearms in a country look no further than our own very own prison system. One would think that having a space that is totally controlled by guards, secured by locks, and watched by cameras would provide the ultimate gun-free zone that so many progressives beg for. Right? Wrong. In a Santa Barbara County jail last month, an inmate who was staying overnight after being arrested woke up after an uncomfortable sleep. He says when he searched for what caused the discomfort, he found a revolver in his mattress. Now, not wanting to be pinned on him, he did the best thing and turned the firearm into the officers. Now, the county sheriff's office say that this is a rare occurrence and very strange. <laughs> yeah, you think so? Well, under the logic of the modern-day liberal, this kind of thing would never happen. But obviously, that's incorrect. Ask yourself, if you can't even assure that the ability to keep guns out of prison, how in the world do you plan on keeping guns out of the hands of those who seek to do people harm? The few news outlets that report on this point, they point out that the gun itself was actually missing crucial components to allow it to fire, which changes absolutely nothing. If you can sneak in 90% of a gun, you can sneak in the rest. Gun control doesn't work in practice, as we can see time and time again. There is no measure, no law, no safe space that will stop someone who wants to do harm from trying and very likely succeeding in some capacity. And as always, remember... More guns equals less crime. Go out and buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Mike Cargill. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.